Hey everyone, welcome to the Health is Power podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Anna Esperham, and today we're going to have just a short talk on how on earth to adjust to daylight savings time, which is very tough on our circadian rhythm. Um, and since some of you may experience um, difficulties for months, if not weeks after the daylight savings time change, sometimes it actually can be permanent. And there's been studies that show a permanent phase, a sleep phase delay after daylight savings time. Um, so the circadian rhythm if for those of you who may not know, is just our natural 24 hour internal process that regulates our sleep and wake cycle. And so, um, so when we wake up, um, it's great when we wake up to sunlight because that automatically, um, produces, um, natural chemicals in our body to keep us awake. And then at night, it should be a little bit darker so that we can fall asleep and produce melatonin so that we can fall asleep. And that's what happens when um, darkness um, is uh, occurring before bedtime. But what unfortunately happens is that shifting an hour ahead in the morning leaves us without the daylight in the mornings important for our sleep wake cycle and the circadian rhythm. So more darkness in the morning hours and then more light in the evening hours causes a sleep disruption and a sleep debt that can last again for several months and sometimes permanently. So as you know, we need to have darkness and less light at night to produce melatonin in order to fall asleep. And then we have to have early morning light to encourage our wake up and get up and go energy for the morning. So what has been studied is that unfortunately this can become a permanent issue resulting in this social jet lag, they call it, that disrupts our work, our school, our obligations, our responsibilities as we can't meet some of the demands due to the fatigue and some of the chronic sleep debt. So when we're shifting from standard time to daylight savings time, it's unfortunately associated with increased cardiovascular disease, including more heart attacks, stroke, um, arrhythmias, especially atrial fibrillation that they've studied in several research association studies. And then it also results in decreased vagal tone and vag the vagus nerve is one of the largest nerves in our body responsible for that kind of rest, relax, and play parasympathetic uh, nervous system. So we'll have decreased vagal tone. So increased stress may result. We'll have elevated heart rate, elevated blood pressure will reduce our sleep. And there's also been association with increased inflammatory biomarkers on labs and then altered gene expression of our core clock genes. So our circadian rhythm genes. So it actually alters our genes when we switch to daylight savings. And so no wonder why the American Academy of Sleep Medicine recently came out with a position statement in 2020 to recommend against shifting the clock every year and just to favor a fixed national year round standard time just to kind of leave it so that we're not constantly shifting. Um, but, you know, with that being said, you know, it is nice in the summertime when we have more uh, daylight hours for playtime with our family. Um, so it's just that we're kind of recommending not to shift it every single year, just to keep it the same so that we don't have to keep adjusting. Um, and what's interesting is that um, 
I think back in 1974, the U.S. Department of Transportation, which was responsible for enforcing the daylight savings time, well, the whole reason why um, the United States and some of the world started doing daylight savings time was for energy conservation, um, but um, and also reduce violent crime and traffic safety. Um, but unfortunately, it has led to some areas having more crime and traffic accidents. Um, also, uh, some missed work and productivity. And then also, there was no benefit in energy conservation at all. Um, so it's ultimately going to be up to citizens to get enough signatures on a petition to effect change. Um, and unfortunately, for some of the states that for uh, many of the people who tried to get petitions, there wasn't enough uh, signatures in order to act, uh, in order to get that on the ballot. So what we do in the meantime, especially now that some of us are definitely feeling the sleep loss, the fatigue, the exhaustion, some of that loss of energy. Oh, it can also alter mood. Um, some depression gets worse around daylight savings time. Decreased concentration, lack of attention has also been associated with it too. And so while we are a little bit late on this, since it's going to air March 29th, um, uh, so it's been about two weeks after the daylight savings time. Usually what should happen is uh, we need to be adjusting about a week prior to the daylight savings time by going to bed earlier and just waking up earlier. So kind of inching towards that time. So it's not so abrupt before it happens. Um, so instead, since we're a little bit late, if you're having trouble going to sleep an hour earlier, sometimes taking melatonin in small doses, like homeopathic doses, 0.5 to one milligrams early in the evening around five to 6 PM or with dinner may actually help people get to sleep earlier because it may actually help produce a little bit of melatonin at night for you is that homeopathic dose. That's kind of how homeopathy works is for your own body to start producing the substances itself. Um, and if sometimes that doesn't work, what sleep doctors may recommend is higher doses have been shown to work. It just comes with some initial side effects of the melatonin, sometimes that morning drowsiness or nighttime awakenings because you feel like you have to go to the bathroom. Really, really weird and vivid dreams can happen when you're increasing melatonin. Some people start at three milligrams and work their way up um, by increasing it three milligrams every week um, up until they can get to 10 to 20 milligrams without having side effects. Um, but sometimes you just have to go slow if they're, if anyone's having side effects, but starting off with that really small homeopathic dose 0.5 to one milligram is what most um, sleep doctors are recommending early in the evening to help you get to sleep earlier when there is a phase change. Just a brief intermission to let you know our Health is Power Wellness Coaching Members Club has successfully launched with an amazing group of women and wanted to let you know that you can be a part of this too. This is a members club for women who want to heal or recover from any chronic symptoms, pain, illness, or who just want to have more energy, perform better at school or at work by learning and implementing evidence-based wellness, self-care, nutrition, fitness, integrative therapies for mental health 
health, physical health, emotional, and spiritual health, as we'll have a monthly topic masterclass and workbook or health challenge with a community of women who are supporting each other each and also with an accountability partner. And this is the time to be well, stay well, because our health is number one. Without it, we really can't do anything. So please head over to www.healthispower.com and check us out. We'd love to have you. So number um, three uh, recommended tip is trying to avoid the daytime naps that come with the exhaustion or at least shortening it like to 20 minutes instead of an hour and a half. A full hour and a half is usually a full sleep cycle. And so that's what most naps usually consist of um, is usually about an hour and a half. Um, And so that way that person is having a full sleep cycle. But if you're shortening that to let 20 minutes, then you're definitely not getting a full sleep cycle. So you might be able to have um, a better sleep cycle at night if you're not doing that full sleep cycle nap. Um, But that's really just anecdotal and it really just depends on the person. So, but again, if you're getting a full sleep cycle with that nap during the day, then your sleep is definitely probably not going to be as restful or as, um, deep at night. So the other thing is number four is what most people recommend is to avoid more than your regular dose of caffeine. Cause we usually reach for more caffeine when we're exhausted and tired and have more sleep debt. But if there can be like one day where you can just rest all day long and just sleep as much as possible or just rest on the couch or read a book or just where you just don't have to overextend yourself to not reach for that extra caffeine or maybe so that you don't have to take that nap during the day just to kind of reset yourself um, because that night um, you can probably be able to go to sleep and have a better sleep cycle. Um, Just trying to really surrender to that extra dose of caffeine because caffeine's half-life is eight hours. So it will, um, set yourself up for a much worse sleep cycle at night. Uh, number five, uh, exercise is actually super important to improve sleep outcomes. It's been demonstrated in a systematic review. Of course, you have to avoid it a couple hours before bedtime because it sometimes ramps people up. But if you're doing a little restorative yoga or stretching before sleep, that actually has been shown to improve sleep in individuals with chronic insomnia. So chronic sleep problems. Uh, so, um, So if you're tired, again, try and get that full day of rest, reset yourself so that you can get good rest that evening. Then the next day, try and start getting a little bit of exercise in yoga, um, stretching. You can start very slow and work your way up, um, just trying to get something. And if you do something like very low resistance or um, very light yoga, like restorative yoga, you can even do that maybe a couple times a day, like for five to 10 minutes. And then definitely before bedtime too, uh, because that's been shown to help improve sleep. Uh, Number six. Uh, I use a little daylight alarm clock to wake me up in the mornings. And I definitely notice a difference when it's not working, when it sometimes malfunctions. So I definitely have a little more pep in my step instead of waking up 
to the dark. And that's actually been shown to be very helpful for actually a lot of mood disorders, seasonal affective disorder, even premenstrual syndrome. And when you have that daylight alarm clock to wake you up, because it's now it's super dark in the morning. So now you're not waking up to light, which we really, really should be waking up to light for our sleep wake cycle and our circadian rhythm, which can affect many other hormones and neurochemicals in our body. Number seven, a little acupressure doesn't hurt. Um, the methodology has been a little, um, different across many different research studies. So it's hard to pinpoint if it really, really helps or not. Um, but it doesn't hurt, especially if you, uh, look at kidney one, heart seven, yin tong, GV 20, master the heart six. Um, again, it's kidney one, heart seven, yin tong, um, GV 20 and master the heart six. And you do that for about one to three minutes each. And what we can do this week is, um, put up a little video on this little sleep acupressure. We'll put it up on Facebook and Instagram this week. Uh, so number eight is hypnosis for sleep. Um, it's low evidence right now, but meditating or using your imagination at night, if you're wired always helps people fall asleep. It just takes a little bit of focus and a little bit of breath work. But if you daydream, it's super easy. It's just allowing yourself to go to a place where you're super relaxed. And we're offering that four-step hypnosis series on our website at www.healthispower.com. If you want to check it out. And then number nine is aromatherapy for sleep. And I commonly use two essential oils, um, vetiver and lavender. Lavender has actually been shown to be super, super helpful for sleep and insomnia. And number 10 is an Epsom salt bath for 30 minutes with four pounds of Epsom salts, which is a lot. Um, but right before bedtime is very incredible at helping you relax. And that's it. Um, so those are my 10 steps and hopefully we will see you over on Instagram. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe rate and review if you've enjoyed the podcast so far. Thanks everyone.